3: 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in everyone to this episode of pack a day podcast i'm your host today jimmy christensen nick ditched us again i can't say anything i missed last week but nick's not here today it's just gonna be me and gage uh that last game uh gage and i had a little before we started recording a I guess you can call it venting a little bit uh, about the Packers. Uh, but overall, there are some positives to take away from it as well. But Gage, right now, your overall feeling, before we get into the topic today, what's your overall feeling around this team going into a, a Monday night matchup against the Raiders next week?
4: I mean, they're, I think they're right exactly where a realistic Packer fan, which I like to think of myself as, they're right where I kind of expected them to be. Like after four weeks, they're two and two. Um, their losses came against Atlanta and Detroit, who are two teams that, especially with the way they're built, I would have coming into the year. I, if you would like said, Hey, here's the schedule. What do you think Green Bay's record is after four games? I might've said one in three or two and two is where I would have had them. Cause I thought Green Bay was better than Chicago, which they clearly were. And then I would have said that the new Orleans game was kind of a, uh, kind of a coin flip, uh, because the New Orleans defense just is always like better than they should be. Like that, you look at them on paper and you're like, oh, they're they're gonna fall off because they keep losing guys. And then, nah, they they just figure some stuff out. Uh, so the fact that Green Bay is two and two, they're right about where I had them. Um, and especially when you throw in just the amount of injuries that they've had, especially all concentrated on one side of the ball, the fact that they're two and two ain't that bad. Uh, I mean, I know that there's going to be people that say, oh, well, Green Bay should be three and one. They shouldn't have lost the Atlanta game. You're, you're right. They shouldn't have. But guess what? They did. That's how it goes. You're not going to win them all. You're going to lose some games. It sucks, but that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah. I think Green Bay being two and two is right exactly where I would have had them uh, after four games. So I am I'm not like I'm not angry. I'm not like overjoyed, but I am I'm pleased with what I've seen for the most part.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I saw Dusty Evely put on Twitter, um, he retweeted someone who made a good point of just going into the season, everyone was saying, this is an evaluation year. Like, we don't, we honestly have no clue how this team's going to look. And Dusty just mentioned, like, it's easy in principle, but then once you're actually, excuse me, once you're actually like in the moment, it's harder to remember like, oh, hey, we knew going into this year there were going to be ups and downs. And we just experienced it down. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of things to love about this team and get excited about. Obviously it's four weeks into the season. There's a lot of things to fix as is for every other 31 of the football teams. Uh, but we figured going into today's episode, we, we want to switch it up a little bit because there has been a lot of, uh, a lot of dumping on the Packers, especially after that kind of embarrassing loss against the Lions in prime time. So we're going to go ahead and do our bright spots through four weeks for the Packers. And before I have Gage give his first one, uh, our honorable mention, he did not make the the list, but we have Anders Carlson. Uh, obviously the rookie kicker for the Packers got a lot of flack uh, this off season, this preseason people being worried. And uh, <laughs> honestly, a lot of people asking to bring in uh, Mason Crosby back just because of some preseason stuff and training camp kicks. But so far, he's hit every field goal and he's hit every extra point. Um, so I don't know. I don't. You. He literally could not have gotten off to a better start for the team. Uh, but I know Gage. You wanted to make sure we gave him a, a positive shout out today. Yeah, I felt that
4: just with all of the negative hype and negative or negative publicity he had coming into the season, he deserved to at least be mentioned here today. Just from the standpoint of there was a legitimate concern. I know that I on this podcast said that, Hey, you might need to bring somebody in. The guy's missing way too much. Like it'd be one thing if we're playing, like if he, like they're simulating like super 30 mile an hour wind kicks in practice. And he's going like one for five on those, but it's like, you're missing just kicks, dude, you're missing extra points. You're missing kicks in game. So we, we gotta be at least paying attention to it. And then so far he's, like you said, he's perfect. I will say he doesn't have the highest touchback percentage. He's at fifty-five percent. I don't love that. I think that I don't know if there's just a weirdness about like the way Lambo's like ball blows to where the and just like he just can't get touchbacks consistently. Uh, I mean Mason couldn't either, but I was like, yeah, hey, he's old. That's why. That's why he can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but you're not old, Anders. You're twenty-five. You you gotta kind of get a little get a more little more leg into it there pal, uh, but yeah no I definitely felt like he at least deserved uh, mention today just because when with the way or with the way it came into the season like the negative wave that he was riding it was good to see him kind of turn that tide a little bit uh, before the uh, like actually once the game started to matter.
3: Yeah no absolutely and like you said. The- the criticism he got in the preseason and training camp, like you can't blame people. Like it made sense; he was struggling at times. And when you go from, it's kind of the same thing with Jordan Love. Obviously, a different extent, Hall of Fame quarterback to a, compared to a great kicker. But you have a fan favorite in Mason Crosby, someone that's been on the team for a really long time. There's naturally going to be a little extra scrutiny as you're uh, as you're getting going. But he's come rose to the challenge, and yeah, hopefully we get some of those touchbacks because that was something I was actually looking forward to. Of uh, maybe helping out our special teams a little bit and just not even giving the opposing team a chance to return the ball. But like you said, who knows the problem? Could be some weird thing in Lambeau, but or as he keeps going, he starts booting them. Uh, let's go ahead though and jump into our, our bright spots of the Packers through four weeks. Uh, we both picked two of them. So I'll let you go ahead and uh, and give your first one. So I had the most, uh, I'm going to start with the most obvious one
4: of the bunch. Uh, that's Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary has been playing just. On another level, uh, through four weeks, uh, despite playing on a despite playing on a limited snap basis, uh, as he ramps back up from injury, he looks better than he did before the injury, uh, and that's scary. I mean, he's only got three and a half sacks, and he's only got three tackles, but the impact that he makes in games is kind of is just not fully told on the tape. He's only credited with six quarterback hits. Uh, I don't have his hurries in front of me, but I know that I can watch the games and see just how much of an impact he's making. Like just, he has yet to play more than 23 snaps in a game. He has yet to play more than 38% of a, of the defensive snaps. And yet he is just he just is a he's a problem. You have to put multiple guys on him. You have to give him mult like a good. You have to give him more attention than you want to, and you can't single block him because it's not going to go well. And peop- and you can't be you can't uh, just block him with and think uh like he's a, he can rush you in so many different ways that it's so difficult to match up against him. He can win with power. He can win with speed. We've seen it this year. It doesn't matter who you put in front of him. He's going to win that matchup a lot more often than not. Uh, pro Football Focus, for all of their issues, uh, I still think that they do a decent job of grading players. Uh, he is 12th among edge rushers, uh, and that's and the guys in front of him are all like full-time players. So it's Nick Bosa, your Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Mike Parsons, those four guys right there. That's your top four in terms of uh, defensive player of the year odds. They're all playing... All of those guys have played at least uh, 50 more snaps than Rashawn has, and Gary is still putting up just as good of numbers as they are. Gary is, once he starts playing full game load, opposing offenses are not going to have a fun time trying to deal with him.
3: Yeah, absolutely not. Just the way he impacts the game has been incredible to watch this year. And he's a player too – kind of like the guy that I'm going to mention in my, my bright spot after this, but his motor is nonstop whenever he's on the field, like he is giving a hundred percent. He doesn't take play. He doesn't take plays off. He's always full go, which is incredible to watch. Um, just like the player I'm going to mention after this, sometimes that does hurt him. As we saw in the Falcons game where he wanted to make that stop on the uh, John Robinson, but uh, then Ritter took it in for a touchdown. So there's those little things to clean up, but again, you'd rather have a player making a mistake uh, at full speed and being aggressive than uh, kind of being lazy out there. So Rashawn Gary, hopefully they pay him soon because his price tag is just going to keep going up. Like you said, especially when he starts playing uh, more of the percentage of snaps and getting on the field consistently, like the stuff he's done right now and the limited, the limited time he's on the field and the price tag he has, like he's going to be expensive. So I know the Packers obviously are trying to get him signed. It's smart for him to wait. That's going to be something that's going to be interesting to watch. But I, I expect him to get a deal done, and hopefully, it's not a not a crazy amount crazy amount of money. Uh, but to keep it on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to jump into my my first bright spot. And he got some flack in this last game, uh, even though he had a really great performance. But I'm going with Quay Walker uh, this season. Obviously, he had his issues last year. The two games he got kicked out of. Uh, for not kind of keeping his composure and cool, um, pushing some some people that weren't NFL players. Uh, but coming into this year so far, that man has been everywhere. Like he is a player, again, just like Rashawn Gary, that every play he is going full speed. He is being aggressive. He's trying to make the play. Uh, this last game, he had 19 tackles, uh, 19 combined tackles. Obviously, he had the penalty where he jumped over the the offensive line jumped over the the snapper for the for the field goal which ended up going from a three-point drive to a seven point that happens like it it sucks but at the end of the day you have a, a guy who's trying to make a play for his team uh so it's something to be coached up and fixed it's just his second year but with Devondre Campbell going out against the Saints not playing against the Lions this game like he's coming in being the leader of that uh that linebacker room and, I don't know, man. He is as sure of a tackler on that team as anybody else. We saw that with Jameer Gibbs a couple times uh, this past game. There was a a kind of little check down from from Jared Goff, and Quay read it, full speed, nailed him. Somehow Gibbs held on to the ball, but it's like those plays where you're seeing him read and react much quicker than last year. And when you have a player with Devondre Campbell, or not Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker's athleticism, like he's going to be a special player once he – start stops getting in his head so much he doesn't have to think and you see him react with uh with speed and we've been seeing that more and more this year. Yeah, Quay's Quay's biggest issue is just that he's constantly
4: trying to make a play. That's and it like it, it kind of sucks because it's like yeah. and because like I said, like we kind of talked about before we started, Quay played great for three and a half hours or for three and a half quarters. Yeah. But the problem is he played bad on one singular play and that's the play that everybody saw because everybody sees that go from not only was that a three-point play to a, a three-point drive to a seven-point drive that also gave them two more minutes to run off yeah. the clock uh quay is playing as hard as he can he is doing absolutely everything while he's on the field you mentioned that he's one of the surest tacklers on the team he is first on the team in combined tackles with 47. Second is Darnell Savage with 29. However, Quay Walker's missed tackle rate is 4.1%. Mm-hmm. That is the among people that have missed he's missed two tackles. Uh their amount uh, and then he's got 47. Uh Devondre Campbell is second behind him in terms of missed tackle percentage because there's about five or six guys tied with uh zero with zero missed tackles, but None of them have more than 22. Then there's 17, 14, 11, 9, 9, yeah. 6, 5, 3. So, like, there's guys that are not missing tackles, but no one's doing it on the level that it Quay is, at least in terms of Green Bay. Uh, yeah. I, don't have, like, I don't have the NFL-wide stats in front of me, but there aren't many guys that are making – that are missing that few of tackles on that yeah. volume. Like, yeah. it's just – it's not a thing. Uh, Actually, Quay leads the NFL uh, in tackles. Uh, The second most player is is Zaire Franklin with 45 tackles, but he's got a 13.5% missed tackle rate. So just the things that Quay's doing, nobody else is doing at his position. And like you said, he's playing free. He's playing fast, which he wasn't doing all the time last year. And if he can just get out of his head and just shake off those one or two dumb plays that he – just nobody else makes he's a special
3: player and it's the great thing too is like we've seen the progress that he and the effort he's putting in to kind of like get over especially last year it's going to be talked about all the time every game they bring it up yeah quay was the only player to be ejected two times last year like we get it it happened but you've seen the effort he's put in uh, this offseason to kind of change that he's doing the Jair meditating in the end zone before games. We saw th- even in practice, like the, the scuffles between the Bengals and the Patriots, uh, Robin Adams put it on uh, uh, Wisconsin sports heroics or whatever, uh, how what well, player you did not see involved in any of those scuffles, Quay Walker, like he has been making actual progress in this area. So I think people also have to understand it's his second year. He's going to be great or he's going to be fine. These little things are going to get fixed. And like I said, at the end of the day, I'd rather have a player make a mistake trying to make a play than someone kind of giving up when they're already down a few scores, which we've seen in the past with the Packers. When we're down, it seems snowball. And this team right now has shown fight that we haven't seen in a while. And I think the two players we've mentioned already Rashawn Gary and Quay Walker on that defensive side is a big reason why we're still seeing that fight throughout the game. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to uh, to your next uh, your next bright spot. What else have you been seeing that you've liked? Uh, my next bright spot is just
4: the other probably chalkiest player that I could have picked. Uh, Zach Tom. The entire offensive line had a bad game uh, against Detroit, uh, and that's mm-hmm. going to happen because when you have one bad offensive lineman, you can kind of hide them. But when you have more than one, stuff starts to get really difficult. Uh, and right now green bay has multiple bad offensive linemen uh and it really doesn't help when those two play next to each other because then even if one can kind of hold his own the other one tearing tears him down and then
3: everything just really snowballs on itself but Zach, um real sorry real quick just so i know i see royce newman are you having the other one be josh meyer or rasheed walker
1: So you guys really need to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. Pizza is the ultimate game day food. There is no question about it. If there's one thing that rivals my love for the Green Bay Packers and my love of football, it's my love of pizza. And right now you can actually order online during their pizza pizza pregame. It's one hour before NFL games and you can get ready for football, fun, choose your favorite little Caesars pizza, pick the toppings that you crave. Me, this is going to sound weird. I know because you know uh, my pickiness with food. I love mushroom and onion. That is my absolute favorite pizza. I know it's probably not everyone else's. And of course, you know, you love my food takes, but I love mushroom and onion pizza. I love it from Little Caesars. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone's going to score with convenient delivery. They also have their in-store pizza portal. So you can pick up, you can grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Trust me, you are going to love it. And, And if I have to recommend one thing for sure, have to get the crazy bread. The crazy bread is an absolute must. Enjoy it. Enjoy your game day and enjoy it more with Little Caesars. Fellas, are you running into some stubble trouble? Are you dreaming of that clean shaven look but hate going through the hassle of a wet shave every other day? I know you are. That's why we've partnered with Manscaped. The brand for below the waist is coming to save that beautiful face. Yes, sir. Manscaped now has beard products and is going a step further with the launch of their brand new handyman electric face shaver. It's designed to give your face that smooth and chiseled finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Make sure to join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Head over to manscaped.com and use code packaday for 20% off and free shipping. You may have noticed my recently cleanly shaved face over on the YouTube channel channel, and that perfect shave was brought to you by Manscaped's Handyman. The best part is I was able to get the exact shave I wanted without any of the usual mess of traditional shavers. I've also used their signature Beard Hedger, which is a juggernaut of fixing faces. You can trim your beard to 20 different lengths, all in one guard, so using this thing is amazing and basically it's perfect. No matter what tool you use, you can't go wrong with Manscaped's line of products. Right now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Packaday at Manscaped.com That's 20% off with free Shipping at manscaped.com using code That's PACKADAY. That's P A C K A D A Y, no hyphens. Hit that refresh button with the handyman. It's finally football season, which means. it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepix.com packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks: daily fantasy sports made easy.
4: I think Josh Myers is worse right now. Okay. Uh,
3: Josh Myers has been. I agree with you. I just didn't know it could honestly have gone either way. I just want to make sure I knew what you're. Which one? I you're think Rashid Rasheed Walker uh, is young and raw
4: and has some stuff to work through. Yeah. Uh, I think Josh Myers. I'm a little less. Um, I'm a little less patient with. You've been around the league a couple of years. You've been surrounded by star talent. Uh, both Elton and you've been in the building with DeBach and John Runyon Jr. has been a solid right, solid right guard. Is he the best right guard in the league? No, but he's been solid. Uh, yeah. Yosh up until this year has been a strong player. Uh, you've had veterans and Billy Turner and just you've been around all these guys.
3: Yeah, hundred. I
4: can't, like I understand that. I like I understand stuff maybe happening, but you gotta eventually start. You got to start uh, picking up the slack here, and right now, I think that Royce Newman' his struggles amplify Josh Meyer's struggles because Josh can't is struggling to hold his own, yeah. and then when Royce is struggling even worse, it's like, hey, that guy may be bad, but that guy next to him ain't exactly doing anything either. So, but Zach Tom on the offensive line has just been has been outstanding, thirteenth uh, by PFF grade uh, among right tackles. Uh I'm let's see, among right tackles, I believe he's top seven, top six, maybe, because if I'm looking through this list here, left tackle, left tackle, left tackle, uh, Deion Dawkins, I believe, left tackle, just Works, left tackle, Rachel Slater, left tackle, right tackle, left tackle, Brian O'Neill's a right tackle. So I think he's like fourth or fifth among right tackles. Um he's just been He's been everything that's advertised. He's not the uh, greatest run blocker, although his run blocking grade is higher than his pass blocking grade. But I think that's mostly because of a bad game uh, against Detroit. Mm-hmm. And Thomas like took this like took the starting job over and has looked good. I have no I have no notes for him. He's doing everything you you need him to do, and it's just a matter of can the rest of the offensive line raise their plate to him because he's th- like I said he's thirteenth among all tackles. Uh and then you got Josh Myers is 23rd among centers, which that's bad. Uh Rasheed Walker's twenty-fifth among tackles, so kind of good there. Your guards are kind of struggling. They're 53rd for Runyon and 65th for Newman. I understand that the grades aren't the end all be. All some players are better than their grade, but Zach Tom is holding his own and he needs the other four guys to
3: match or at least just at least elevate their level of play. Yeah. And one thing too. Yes, he had a rough – he struggled against Detroit, as you mentioned. Every offensive lineman did. But he also came into that game questionable. Like, we didn't even know if he was going to play really until game day. He had a knee injury. And the offensive line, too, I don't want to give excuses because that play was just – that play was bad. But you have Zach Tom who's struggling with a knee injury. Royce Newman gets the ankle sprain early in the game. It fights through that for the rest of the game. And then you have Rashid Walker at the left side who – like we've said, is inexperience, And then you have Josh Meyer and Royce Newman, but like, it was just, it was a perfect recipe, honestly, for a a terrible game for that offensive line. You have an aggressive defense, a defense that the last four games, our team, the last four games they've played us have had our number and they step up every time they play us. Uh, And honestly, they're a good team now, but seeing Zach Tom, you like to see that toughness too. Um, Having him come in, fight through that injury, still, still play, still play okay, do well. He wasn't the biggest problem on the offensive line. And he is someone that in the future, like he's gotten looks at center in the preseason and training camp. He's started at left guard before he started at left tackle before. Like he is another Swiss army knife for this offensive line. If need be, obviously his position right now is right tackle and he's hopefully he can stay there, but he's a guy that again, can kind of plug and play for the Packers. So uh, that's definitely a great addition to it. Uh, keep it on the offensive side of the ball. I was debating on this one. I decided to single in on just one player. Um, I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs. He, a lot of stuff going into the season was talking about Christian Watson, obviously freak athlete, very strong second half of the year last year, but Dobbs with Watson being out the first three games, kind of on a pitch count last week or this past week against the lions. He stepped up like he right now uh, he's on pace looking at his stats. I know he's, 224 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, this can change. He's not going to stay steady the whole season, but he's on pace right now for 952 yards and about 12 touchdowns. So the connection with Jordan Love has been there. His yards per game has increased every week. Uh, 26 in the first game, but he had two touchdowns, then goes to 30, 73 yards and a touchdown. And this last game, probably his best one, uh, 13 targets, uh, nine receptions for 95 yards uh him and jordan love had that little miscommunication in the red zone where matt LaFour mentioned uh dob saw an opening on a route decided to take it but the problem was love was still in the pocket and as matt Lafleur said you can't you can't change the route when your quarterback's still in the pocket that's usually when they're trying to scramble or extend the play a little bit so there's that mis- miscommunication it'll get cleaned up but He's making splash plays, that sideline catch where he's falling down, keeps his feet in bounds. Uh, and again, right now without Christian Watson uh, playing full go, he's done great for those end zone fade, fade routes. Like he's getting the ball at the high point, bringing down his hands, have been have been great this year. So some people say he's never going to be a wide receiver one. He's shown right now, though, that he can be a very consistent uh starter on this team and if he is like let's say Watson becomes that star that a lot of people think he can become. If your second, if your wide receiver two is Romeo Dobbs, I think you're in a pretty good spot. Uh he's he's stepped up a lot and as that connection with Musgrave grows and defenses have to focus on him, as Watson's back and you have that speed receiver deep threat that you always have to keep an eye on, that's gonna open it up even more for Romeo Dobbs. So he's done this all now without another weapon on that offensive side of the ball. So uh I'm excited for him. I think he can be. Think he can be really good.
4: Yeah, Romeo Dobbs gives you the. He gives you the guy that he's. He gives you your move the chains guy. Yep. He gives you your. And this is not. And I want to be very clear that I'm not comparing the two players. I'm not saying that he's in that level. He gives you your Devonte Adams, your Keenan Allen, your Amon yep. Ross St. Brown, guys that don't necessarily win with just freak athleticism, but they just. Get open. That's what they do. I mean, that's what Dobbs does. He doesn't. He's not the. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not going to go beat you with. He's not going to beat you with speed. He's not going to like fly down the field. That's what everybody else on the offense is supposed to do. Dobbs's job is to go and find space and sit down. Now, granted, part of the that's part of the reason why that pick happened. Uh, That second pick happened was because Dobbs is like, "Hey, there's space here. Let me go." And that's not how the play design worked. His quarterback wasn't scrambling yet. It obviously ended up working against him. But Dobbs is the – that's his job is to go out and find space and sit down. And that's what he – that's the, uh, the play that he caught the ball, at, like the two-yard line while falling down. That was a fourth down play, correct? I think so. Yeah. So fourth down in the red zone, got to have it, got to gotta find space and make a play. And that's where Jordan Love went with the ball. Jordan Love can take shots to guys like Jaden Reed, uh, Christian Watson, Samari Toure, Luke Musgrave down the seam. But Romeo Dobbs is the guy that he probably won't ever put up the highest yardage. But he like you're going to look at his stat line at the end of every game. And be like, and like, I think the 13 for 9 for 95 was a little high maybe in terms of targets. I think that's partially yeah. just Watson being out, Musgrave going out. But I also don't think the 12 for 5 for, like, five for, 5 for 73 last week, I think that, like, the yardage might be a little high, I think, or in terms of, like, complete like completions. I think that he's going to settle in somewhere in that 10 targets, seven catches, 80, 90 yards maybe. Yeah. Like, that's that's his job, He and he does it well. I have been impressed with Dobbs since he came in, since preseason last year, uh, and he's just – Shown that he's he can be whatever quarterback's under center, he can go be a guy. Hey, we need you to go get open on this play. We need 10, we need 12 yards. He'll go get you 15 and call it a day.
3: Yeah, I think to some players you were mentioning, I think he could be a better version for the Packers than Alan Lazard was. Like, he Lazard was a person that Rodgers did look to, especially when Devontae was gone on those third down plays. He was kind of the security blanket. I personally think Dobbs can do that, but better than Lazard. Lazard was decent. Um, His blocking was incredible, but I think as a receiver, Dobbs, I don't believe is as big as Lazard, but I think, uh, I think Dobbs can have a better, better role for the team uh, in that area than we've, than we've had uh, in Lazard the last few seasons. So I'm excited for him. Uh, I I'm hoping he broke my Jersey curse because I got his Jersey last year. And usually people like to remind me when I get a player's Jersey, they, they tend to suck. So I'm hoping he finally broke that curse, knock on wood, uh, because then I will definitely love him even more. But is there anyone else or anything else you wanted to mention before we kind of wrap it up? Uh, No. Uh, The only thing I really want to
4: add is for people that are quick to tear Green Bay down, uh, especially like on Twitter and stuff, remember that this is a young team. Mm -hmm. Like this team is crazy young. There's not a lot of – and especially with Bakhtiari and Elton out, like if I look across the offensive line, you got Aaron Jones or just across the offense. If I take out Bakhtiari and Elton, Aaron Jones and John Runyon are the only and technically Jordan Love are the only second contract players in the starting lineup. Everybody yeah. else is first contract rookie contract guys uh, on defensive side. A lot of young contract guys. Rasul, a little longer in the tooth. Preston Smith, obviously. Kenny Clark, but he's still like 30, he's still like twenty five. I'm pretty sure.
3: Uh, I feel like he's seventeen. I don't think he ever aged.
4: His birthday's in five days, and he'll still only be twenty eight. He was drafted in 2016. He's so this is his like seventh or eighth season, and he's eighth about year. to be 28 years old. So this team is super young, and when you're quick to write them off, remember that like they're growing. I mean, they're doing and they're they're re they're rebuilding, quote unquote, but they're also not having to go through a total rebuild because their young core is so good. And this is kind of the the trade off for not completely going all in when you had Rogers. You didn't trade all of your young assets, all of your young uh young or er, like draft picks and all this other stuff. And then that makes it to where You don't really bottom out like a team like Chicago or Houston or Carolina. You're still going to hang in there and compete with some teams. Green Bay's got a lot of winnable games left on their schedule. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that Green Bay's going to win the division or anything like that. Granted, I think that they do have that in them if they can manage to stay healthy for a week at a time. But they play the Raiders next week. I think that game's winnable. Denver definitely looks winnable, even on the road. They play Minnesota at home. Who knows? Minnesota can't figure out how to get out of their own way, and they might be trading away Kirk Cousins to the Jets next week. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, the Rams have been up and down. Steelers, their offense struggles a lot. Uh, and they can't run the ball, so Green Bay might have a chance there.
3: Yeah. Chargers game looks tough. Yeah. That's going to be uh, one, too. It's Chargers offense, very good. Chargers defense, not so great, but yeah. with our offensive line and they have Bosa and Mack, like that's where the problem would be. But Pretty sure Kalou has
4: not registered a pressure yet through three games. So fun fact. Uh, oh, well, that's perfect then. <laughs> but so Chargers, you play the Chiefs. Um, there's there's a lot of winnable games left on this schedule, but focus just on development of the young players. As long as you're seeing progress every week, which did we see some regression by some people uh, over this last game? Yeah but I'm still seeing progress. Romeo Dobbs looked like a legitimate guy and it wasn't just because they were playing, like they were blowing him out. So they were playing super off of him. Romeo Dobbs was getting open all game. Yeah. Like there's, there's guys on this unit and if guys get healthy, we, we can make some noise against some teams. So yep. just don't write everybody off just because it's one bad week. Uh, I know that nobody's going to listen to me. It's going to fall on deaf ears, So I don't really care. But regardless of that, if you do disagree with me, you can follow me on Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. Uh, all of my work for wherever I may be doing it is over there, mostly just doing stuff with Rotoballer uh, betting content every Saturday. Uh, and then here in the next few weeks, I'll be doing some Denver Nuggets stuff, I believe, with Denver Stiffs again. So, yeah. You got to get on the Bucks so you can start writing about Dame Willard. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do that because the Denver Nuggets are reigning world champs and the Denver and Denver Stiffs pays me to write about the Denver Nuggets. So,
3: yep. That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, I, for me, just to add on to what you're talking about, it's a young team and to kind of not write them off. Like a thing, too, that's been impressive is this offense, one, has not been full strength the entire year. Again, injuries happen. It's not just the Packers. I get that. But you have a young team that is constantly adjusting and figuring things out week by week plugging players in where it needs to be. So like they haven't even had a chance, to like build that cohesiveness that would probably be important for a young team. So it's like you were saying, don't write them off. It's all about progress. We're getting a lot of, a lot of great things, a lot of things to fix. But again, that was the expectation for the year. So I think people just like to be miserable and Twitter is the best place for that, I guess. Uh, but to follow Gage, you can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C zero eight. Everything I do is posted there. Uh, article for Packer Report, Lombardi's Bar, Pack a Day. Started a new betting show with uh, uh, on Game On with Chucky from work, as I like to call him, mainly because his name's Chucky and I work with him. Uh, so if you want to check that out, just do the opposite bets that we do because I'm very unlucky. So if I put money on something, probably won't go my way. But uh, check that stuff out. But we appreciate you guys listening. As Gabe said, it's a young team. Don't give up on them. A lot of things to be positive about. Uh, thank you for listening, and as always, go Petco.